welcome to Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. I'm your host, Shashank Nigam, the CEO of Simply Flying. Every Thursday, I have important conversations with top aviation executives, technology entrepreneurs, and policymakers helping aviation take climate action. Conversations that help separate the signal from the noise. Whether you are a frequent flyer or an airline executive, if you care about sustainability or simply love traveling, welcome aboard. This season of Sustainability in the Air is brought to you by Travelport. Travelport is a global technology firm that powers bookings for hundreds of thousands of travel suppliers worldwide. The company's travel retailing marketplace, Travelport Plus, helps retailers understand and communicate the most sustainable options. When it comes to sustainability in travel, it can be difficult for travelers and agents to identify which flights, routes, and accommodations are the greenest. That's why Travelport empowers its agents to operate as modern retailers of sustainable travel, giving them the ability to access consistent emissions data using the travel impact model. Travelport is also exploring solutions to help travel retailers offer carbon compensation and nature regeneration to their customers. Welcome to the 50th episode of Sustainability in the Air. It has been such a fantastic ride. We've had over 20,000 downloads, over 100,000 reads, more than 50 guests. In fact, over 60, 65 guests have come on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure because I went from maintaining my own beginner mindset to sharing my curiosity and getting some answers for everyone else who was curious about sustainable aviation. But it's important also to meet the people behind the scenes. And that's why today I have with me the entire Simply Flying team who has been working with me for the last year and a year and a half on making this podcast a reality. So I'd like to welcome all of my team to talk about what goes on behind the scenes in making this podcast and bringing it to life. Would you believe it? This is the 50th episode of Sustainability in the Air. We have made some decent amount of progress since Earth Day 2022 when we launched this podcast. And as the famous African saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. And indeed, while The Voice might be mine hosting this podcast, it has taken a village, which is the Simplifying Team, who has been working behind the scenes very hard and often over time on the weekends and beyond uh, to make this podcast a reality. So for the 50th episode, I actually have the entire Simplifying Team with me joining us today live from the boat pod on the Regent Canal in London. So Dirk is someone you must be familiar with. Dirk Singer is our head of sustainability at Simply Flying, and he has been my right-hand man in ensuring we have the right guests and we have a lot of the questions and the tough questions that are asked. Dirk, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. Thanks, Shashank. Very beautiful setting here in, in Maida Vale. Indeed, indeed. It's such a pleasure to be rocking on a boat mm. and rocking the boat is what we do. So thanks for having me on again, Shashank. And uh, I thought maybe this time, maybe I could ask you some questions. Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right. As this is the 50th episode and, you know, you've had a lot of success and, you know, I know the 
The podcast uh, gets a lot of pickup within the aviation industry and also beyond in travel circles. So I'm just curious. In I remember in 2018 um, at Simplifying, it's called Simplifying 1.0, when the focus was more, you know, on marketing. You were doing these um, YouTube videos every day. These kind of these these little five minute you know pieces to camera where you talked about uh, you know different issues or different campaigns that you picked up. What made you move from doing that to doing a, an hour long podcast? Um, you know, pretty much every single week. I think two things. One, I was just genuinely curious about this topic. And when you're curious about a topic, you want to speak to experts who know something about the topic and definitely know more than you. So I just decided to take my curiosity and turn it into a podcast. Interestingly, uh, Urai, who is the producer of this podcast, had approached us, Dirk, as you would remember, back in 2018, 2019, Absolutely. to do a podcast for us. And at that time, you know, I was already doing this, the daily Simply Live show, as it was called. And we were discussing marketing issues. And I did not feel, oh, is there a need for a podcast? Do we need in-depth conversation about marketing issues? So I think it was a matter of timing. Also, I think marketing is fun. Sustainability is important. We move from fun to things that are important. And I believe we've had some very important conversations in the last one and a half years. So looking at the sort of past 50 episodes, what are some of the learnings that you've had, both in terms of doing something like this for the first time, and also in terms of the overall subject that, you know, that we're covering, sustainability and aviation, and the, the very hard challenge that the industry has in trying to reach net zero by 2050? Hard challenge, it is indeed. I think one of the lessons has been the space is changing so fast. Every couple of months, the industry has moved on, there are new targets, being set, there are new targets being achieved. There are new innovations coming to the fore from technologies like, you know, think about heart aerospace, uh, electric aircraft, or Zero Avia, both of whose founders we've had on the show, um, to to just airlines innovating. Um, I remember chatting with Emilia De Luca at Delta Airlines and her vision for the future of sustainability at Delta, or having Fiji Airways CEO talking about how his island was devastated because of climate change and what they are doing being impacted by climate change and yet being the national airline whose role is it is to bring tourism to the country. I think we've had some very mind-boggling conversations and it's been a fantastic learning experience for me and you know I just approach each episode with genuine curiosity. Um, I'd be curious though you've been working with me on every single interview and you help me with all the questions. Right. Um, how do you get to the questions that are tough? And sometimes the guests might even go, how dare you ask me that question? But we, they answer it anyway. Well, I think that, you know, I can't recall any instance where a guest has actually gone, how dare you? And I think that one of the keys um, when it comes to this kind of format, which is something that you do very well, is it's not so much the question, but how you ask it. Um, you know, so if you ask it in a friendly way um, and couch it in the right terms, um, then the guest will more or less, you know, usually, um, you know, give you a sort of a straightforward reply or answer in the best way possible. Um, so I think that's one of the things that, you know, that I've personally appreciated from listening to a lot of the episodes is that, you know, is that the conversations, there are some tough questions, but the, uh, but the conversations are always civil and they're always friendly. Exactly. And I think I appreciate that. Even the tougher interviews I've had, uh, you know, people have been candid, full kudos to them. They know, of course, that this is not live. And to be honest, that sort of 
brings down the edge a little and allows them to open up uh, as well that it's not live the other thing i think we have done well as a team here is just researching our guests really well uh, a lot of the people who are listening know about the rapid fire round for example it hmm. you know it's a bit more personal and we need to do research to get to those questions uh, you know getting into uh, personal passions and not just professional workings um, that people are doing but you know something interesting about this podcast is not just what is on the interview and on the show and the preparation that goes for it but it's not just an audio release but there's an intricate process that involves a uh, video and um and an episode that involves more than 20 different tasks um and that is done by none other than ayushi badola who's our sustainability specialist ayushi has joined us uh, us here as well ayushi run us through what exactly you do and bring the podcast to fruition well thank you for the introduction lovely one at that uh well it is a long process and i cannot possibly take credit for it myself everyone is heavily involved in it and everyone really chips in so much and really kudos to everybody special shout out to uri for being super bankable and doing edits for us at the very last minute and thank you so much uri uh so every podcast episode once it's recorded of course the questions are done by dirk after thorough researching and then we sort of go through each recording listen to them thoroughly bring out the best aspects of it and uh one of the things that i think we do differently than other podcasts is to sort of not do a transcript and do an article which is sort of our usp where we try to bring something different to the table with our own take on it we've of course evolved over time to sort of also modify our recording process and our articles so i think my this was also my foray into sustainability so i think of the podcast as my peer you know both of us have grown together so it's been a lovely journey and uh the process is i mean if i were to get into the integrities of the process i would say we do pick out sections interesting sections to do for the intro then we do the articles and um and it's all a good learning process for everybody right uh once we do that we sort of have to distribute everything and throughout the long run process i have everyone's support so it's been great <laughs> fantastic and of course you are sitting in dehradun in india doing this we have a very very global team one of our colleagues of course is lehia who is our head of design and she sits in montreal again bringing the podcast to life with her designs lehia what's the design process like and it's obviously evolved quite a lot since i tried to diy this myself before you came on board Well, hi Shashank. Uh so the first thing was to define how it looked and we had a different really different style at the beginning. But once we had defined our branding, it was pretty easy and I wanted to put focus on the people that's coming to to the podcast. So we have their headshot, their name and their position. And well, we we also create the gifs with some important parts of the podcast and then a quote. So we can take the most important or one of the most important things they've shared with us yeah i i think it's about sharing these as important nuggets right and we have done i think a pretty decent job of not just having audio but also articles that ayushi writes and then um, you know getting on to the design and snippets of course this is all managed uh, 
uh, by Baiba, who's our Latvian project director based in Valencia, Spain. I can I know it can get confusing. It's a geography lesson as well. Baiba, how do you lead this? And, um, you know, how have we done so far in the last one and a half years? Well, thanks for having me here as well. Um, it's been great. I think we have managed to build a very good brand of sustainability in the air as Simple Flying's podcast. But now we're also evolving it to, into a knowledge hub by simplifying. Uh, so that's something new for us as a consultancy. Um, when it comes to the podcast itself, it's actually been a lot of effort, as as Ayushi mentioned and Lihia mentioned. Like we do a lot of things, and there's it starts with research interviews to producing assets and then publishing and distributing the content in different shapes and formats. And this all has led to like 15,000 downloads just for the first three seasons. We are now in season four-ish. We don't really have seasons anymore, but it's been working very well. We have over 100,000 impressions of our posts and our articles have been read by almost 10,000 times. So the effort we put really kind of brings results and it's been improving. We have from one season to another season, 30% of increase in listens and downloads. So it's been going very well. So now the next step basically is to bring sustainability in the air, uh, just more than a hub, uh, more than a podcast. Uh, that's going to be a knowledge hub. It's going to be a community. We will bring a lot of things together just to have something really interesting about sustainability in aviation. Exactly. You have to watch the space for uh, what's next uh, on, on you know, um, down the pipe here. Um, you're right. You interestingly reached out to us years ago to start doing a podcast. We said not the right time. Then you were in touch constantly, not the right time. And finally, we did this uh, with you. You've been the producer of the podcast since day one. How has the journey been for you? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's also part of my personal journey. I'm already in a third job since since we started. So uh, in, interesting uh, things happening in my life as well, but still within the aviation, working now on the airport side of things. And this is a, a really fantastic and enriching, very enriching um, side job, I would say. And yeah, yeah, uh, it's been it's been impressive to to observe and be part of the team, even though on, on long distances, and also the way the way how the podcast grows, and not just in in figures like getting getting more traction and more listeners from from all over the world, uh, but also getting uh, different perspectives on the on the topic, which is also also thanks to the podcast very close to my heart, the sustainability of of aviation and talking about the flying is not the enemy it's the carbon is the enemy and the other emissions so flying is, is a force of good as we always say and um, there are so many still fantastic companies which Derek already featured on on some of the materials but you haven't interviewed them yet so i'm looking forward to 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 more the list keeps growing the list indeed keeps growing i think i'm booked out through till the end of the year for all the interviews already and now we're taking mm -hmm. interviews locking in interview, interviews for early next year so you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> truly humbled to see the response uh, from everyone. Uh, what is the process you go through when you when I send you the episode and then the team sends you all the material? What is the process of producing each episode? It was also quite different when we started, but now I'm 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 already I already have some kind of flow to to go through the things. And also, I have to say that uh, I've been editing podcasts since 2018 so we have for the last uh, five and something years so from the technical point point of view um i already got the, the got the skills and um and the, let's say the know-how how, how to do that so yeah basically i'll 
I listened through the episode. Uh, at first, I, I removed the background noise. Sometimes you, you cannot even uh, hear it, but sometimes there is a slight little buzz uh, in the background, which is very easy. Even with the with the free software I'm using, it's very easy to remove it. And then if there are some some uh, bloopers or something, we, we need to cut out uh but uh, yeah, basically, it's listening through the whole episode, and sometimes it's it's um it's uh, quite challenging when the the speakers are are you do doing a lot of ums and 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 uh, similar things, uh, the, so that there is this battle in, inside my head. So should I cut all of this out? Uh, but then it cannot. Sometimes it doesn't uh, um, doesn't feel natural when when you cut everything out but at the same time you are making this this guy a better speaker uh, more more than he actually is so so it's 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 quite funny but yeah i'm, I'm trying yeah i'm trying to keep it as natural as possible always fun <laughs> one thing i should acknowledge by the way is uh, our sponsors since day 1 we've actually had sponsors so it started with carbon click uh, the new zealand startup that is uh, helping you know with hyper transparent carbon offsetting uh, with airlines then we added um, Cerium, which uh, also works in sustainability and data. And now we have Travelport uh, as a partner. So our partners have, of course, been very helpful, very supportive with their knowledge, as well as uh, ensuring that this is, uh, you know, a, a self-sustaining project from the outset. Um, we have to make this a bit more fun. Of course, we've gone behind the scenes. Uh, we are all, like I said, we are all learning all the time. And... I would love to ask my team here, you know, which episode did you enjoy the most and what did you find most surprising perhaps uh, from it? And maybe we can start with Shubhadeep now, who is our COO based out of India and uh, Singapore. Shubhadeep, what about you? Right. Thanks, Rishank. Uh, it's, it's been a great process. It's been uh, a podcast that has grown from strength to strength. We've had more and more interesting, innovative uh, path-breaking companies coming on and talking to us about the future of sustainability in aviation specifically and related to aviation. Um, so I'm actually going to kick off by talking about a very, very interesting company that was featured on our uh, podcast earlier this year called Red Sea Global, which is developing one of the most unique regenerative tourism sites in the world, uh, built on an area of, that's approximately the size of Belgium. They've been allocated that area, but what they're saying is that we can conserve the earth and make it available to people who want to experience its beauty, experience its natural, you know, its gifts and treasures. And tourism doesn't have to be an exploitative activity. It can be good for the planet. It can be good for people. It can be good for the planet itself. And what they're doing is they're building some of the most innovative things when it comes to completely powering it by renewable energy. They have one of the biggest, largest solar microgrids in the world. That's not all. What they're saying is that they can actually increase the conservation value of the site that they're developing by developing just 1% of it. And on top of that, what they're doing is something quite remarkable. They're saying that they will set an ecological ceiling of 1 million people per year who can visit that site and no more. And th that's not all. They've also sort of done a really cool mapping of the entire area that ensures that over time they can track how each portion of it, the marine eco ecosystem, especially because it's home to, you know, uh, a magnificent trove of uh, flora, fauna and aquatic animals. And they're saying that through artificial intelligence and machine learning, they'll ensure that the conservation value increases by 30% in the years to come. So that's been really fantastic. And John Pagano, who was featured on a podcast was 
a phenomenal speaker as well. Yeah, I, I remember this interaction with John. I felt so uplifted at the end of this. This ecological ceiling is a topic most people shy away from. And here is John who's who's implementing it. Uh, Dirk, what about you? Was there an episode that stood out to you as special and left uh, an impression on you? Yeah, well, obviously, we are publishing a book also called Sustainability in the Air, which is going to be out um, in November, hopefully in time for the Dubai Air Show and for COP28. And we've had a few of the uh, a few of the innovators featured in that book um, on this podcast. So I'll maybe, you know, pick out one or two. I mean, there's uh, Gregory Constantine of Air Company, which is an e-fuels company, you know, which makes sustainable aviation fuel out of captured carbon dioxide and out of green hydrogen. But that wasn't their first product. They use they use the same process in which they're now using to make jet fuel to make um, air-made vodka and air-made perfume. Because essentially, obviously, you know, a sort of vodka you know, is, is made out of um, ethanol. Um, so the process is more or less the same. And they use that as a kind of as a proof of concept. Um, they used it to sort of to get their marketing right. They used it to sort of to raise revenue. Um, and then from that, they're moving on to other industries such as um, jet fuel and also space fuel uh, through some work with NASA. So that was, I think, a really interesting and inspiring story and also something that a lot of um, people who are you know, in the startup world can learn from. And I'll pick a second one as well, which is um, Adam Goldstein of Archer, the EV toll or electric air taxi company. Now, um, EV tolls or electric air taxis are, as you know, incredibly controversial. You know, they have a lot of skeptics, um, you know, who wonder whether all the bold claims that are being made by the EV toll industry will, you know, ever come to pass and whether we'll really, you know, see lots of these things flying over our heads, George Jetson style. But I think one of the things that impressed me, you know, along with a, a lot of the other um, startup founders you've had in the show is that he he is, he is very passionate. He is a true believer and it's very infectious, uh, you know, listening to their vision and listening to some of the you know, to some of the very big ideas that people like Adam and also Gregory and who I've just mentioned have. So, you know, I'll, I'll kind of pick out, pick out those two, not only from a sustainability point of view, but as I said, because I think that um, in the startup founder space, there's a lot of lessons that others can, uh, you know, can sort of can, can apply from them. The interesting thing is, um, I remember Gregory Constantine and mm. uh, his enthusiasm was absolutely infect infectious. And also the gondolas in the air. Uh, the gondolas quote. in the air, exactly. That Adam, you know, sort of has a vision of uh, of these electric air taxis being, if you like, from, you know, from central Manhattan to New York or JFK, being like a series of air gondolas where you just, you know, they're just going one after the other and you turn up and you pay. Uh, and instead of a, you know, a one hour or 90 minute ride sort of on a, on an Uber to JFK or to New York, you just take a 10 minute trip um, to the airport, get on your flight and then off you go. Obviously, they're in a partnership with, you, with United. So there should be some fairly tight integration between buying your, you know, buying your ticket on uh, Archer and on that United flight that you're going to take after that. Exactly. So Ayushi, you've, of course, worked on almost every single article since the beginning of the podcast. Is there one that stood out to you? Uh, so the one that stood out to me was the one we did recently uh, on Satavia, where we had Adam Durand from Satavia talking about contrails. Now, that was particularly special to me because uh, when we started the podcast, the very first episode, we had Etihad's then CEO, Tony Douglas, who talked about uh, their contrail work with Satavia. So I just it was just sort of a full circle thing for us. And uh, well, contrails for, I mean, even I didn't know what contrails were earlier. They're streaky clouds that we see uh, behind airplanes and they have a particularly high sort of warming effect on the environment and they're particularly bad for the environment. 
um, and the since the science is a little uh, confusing around it, it was a very interesting episode for me to actually understand that contrails don't just have a warming effect, but also a cooling one, and why we should only blame five percent of the flights for all of those. So that episode was particularly insightful for me. Of course, the others have been great as well, but that one stood out to me. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the whole coming of circle because you're right. Tony Douglas did mention the contrail work that they were doing with Satavia back in the day, and it's indeed one of the latest episodes. You're right. Is there one or two episodes that stand out to you where you felt, "Wow, this is amazing insights," or you you found them very interesting? Uh, for whatever reason, one of the f- or the first few episodes when we did when we were really starting with the podcast that that always resonate with me uh, i think the the one one which is the most powerful obviously was with uh, scott kirby from united which me as a european and without any interest in the, in the american aviation i didn't really know who this guy was but that obviously i found out very quickly and obviously we had this special moment when his kid was walking behind him and <laughs> so that it was that was really great and also it's to this day i think it's one of the most most successful episodes as well yeah indeed and also from yeah from the new ones uh all those fantastic bright companies with innovative ideas like like the air company like like the jivo universal hydrogen uh, and all those guys this is really the future and I'm, i'm keeping all my fingers crossed so that they manage to to find a way how to scale it up and we can get rolling. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, you're right. There's a lot of optimism and hope amongst the new technologies. That's what we mentioned in our upcoming book, uh, where more than half the chapters are around technologies and how outsiders will help aviation scale uh, and sustainability. Uh, interesting, you mentioned Scott Kirby. He's one of the few CEOs I remember speaking with who knew his stuff. He did not have the entire comms team surrounding him, feeding him answers. He was sitting in his own house uh, with skits around him and you know we were having a very frank chat so i think it truly makes a difference when the leader in a company uh, is driven to drive a sustainable operation like scott is absolutely and also for 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 us as a podcasters or, or in this case for you as a podcaster it's this special opportunity which i love about podcast that, that gives you to create some kind of bond or relationship with the guy even if it's on the other side of the of the camera but but still before or after the recording is done, you still have those few minutes to to to, to chat, and uh, these are phenomenal moments which only podcasting can bring you. Exactly, <laughs> that is that is correct. Now, moving on from the insights and the learnings, how about looking ahead? Because now, of course, the Simplifying team listens to a lot of these episodes. Let me ask my team. You know, uh, what makes you hopeful about the future of sustainable aviation? Perhaps, Dirk, we can start with you. What gives you the most hope? Yeah, well, it's obviously it's an enormous challenge that the industry has to do, and you know, and we're well aware of, you know, everything from you know the amount of sustainable aviation, aviation fuel, the feedstocks aren't there; it's too expensive. You know, hydrogen electric is still in its infancy. But I guess one of the things that you know it gives me hopes is just seeing the number of innovators and the number of startups, um, you know, which are part of the overall. You know, they say it's going to be a one trillion dollar industry in terms of uh, in terms of clean tech and climate tech, and aviation is a very important part of that, and. Um, you know, you have for every problem, there seems to be someone working on a solution, um, you know, and you have some of the really some of the best minds, you know, coming out of universities and coming out of the tech space um, and coming out of um, airlines and, the, and, you know, and aviation legacy companies as, as well, putting their minds to it. So 
what gives me the most hope, I guess, is the is the amount of innovation. And as I said, that for every problem, someone is already working on a solution. Fantastic. What about uh, you, Baiba? What do you think um, gives you the you know hope for the future? You know, it's easy to be a pessimist when you see so much controversy about sustainable aviation and the initiatives and how the industry has been missing the targets and how the test flights are going. And like, there are so many things that can go wrong. Um, but there are already people and like companies, as they're kind of saying, that are working on that. So that gives hope. But I think even bigger hope is that the market itself is changing. And like the new generation is actually interested in sustainable kind of initiatives and they are really looking for something different. They don't want to kind of do the business as usual. They are the new generation, the Gen Zs are thinking differently, they act differently, and that's the future generation. So I think industry will eventually adapt. It has to be, there will be more of a pull effect. And then I think this will go very well in the end. What about you, Shashank? Why don't you why don't we why don't we turn that question to you? Tell us why you are hopeful about the future and about why or whether you think the industry can meet its targets by 2050. Now, that's a very good question. Um, I have been now in aviation fully for 15 years before being a lifelong fan of the industry from the outside. And to be honest, in the first two years of starting Simplifying, I spent time convincing people to take me seriously. I was a young lad trying to be an outsider to the industry and trying to build my own credibility. I spent the next three years after that trying to tell airlines, let's take social media seriously. Social media is not a fad and it's not going away. And the first five years were trying to just get people to start nodding. Oh, okay, this is interesting. Let's do something together. You know what? With sustainability, I don't have to convince people that this is serious. I don't have to convince people to take me or the work around sustainability seriously. And what gives me the most hope is the industry coming together to build a future. You look at United Airlines trying to build its SAF fund and it, it's working with a team of rivals. You look at One World, which has become one of the largest orders, uh, you know, purchases of SAF in the world, sustainable aviation fuels in the world. Uh, you look at competi- traditional competitors, both in the airline and the manufacturing world working together. That's what gives me the hope that this is across enemy lines, traditional enemy lines. This is across industry players and we are all working towards a common goal. Right. I guess it can't not happen. And the direction of travel is all one way. Exactly. It's not a matter of um, whether it will happen. It's a matter of when it will happen. And I'm truly hoping that we can accelerate uh, this journey towards a greener future. Still looking at the future, one of the things we are doing is we are launching a book called Sustainability in in the Air uh, later this year. Lee here, you have, of course, been working a lot on the design. Can you tell us about this absolutely fantastic, drool-worthy cover? of the book and the design that you've done? So the cover had to be uh, something that you see and remember. And I actually wanted it to be something that stands out. So it has the blue because of the sky and it has the green because of the sustainability. So I think it's like, you know, really attractive, but also has the meaning that it has to have. Very nice. And I can't wait to show off to the world the final cover we have for the book because I do think it is drool-worthy. Thank you for designing that. All right, so we're going to turn the tables on Shashank a bit. Yeah, Uh, Shashank does this really fun section at the end of each episode on the podcast, which is called our rapid-fire round. And now we have Shashank on the hot seat and he's going to answer some rapid-fire questions very rapidly for us. So Shashank, uh, tell us, what's your favorite book? That's an easy one. I do read a lot. Uh, one of the best books I've read in the last uh, few years is Deep Work by Cal Newport. 
as you know i just gifted it to the team <laughs> uh it's one of those books where it says you know most people do deep work for less than 3 minutes a day so if you can do deep work for 10 minutes a day you're already almost three times better than the rest of the world so how do you build a competitive edge do one hour of deep work every day perhaps three and cal newport is a professor who has published way too many papers than his peers written more books and he talks about deep work you know which essentially is not being distracted by notifications and social media so i've taken a decision in the last few years to go off instagram go off twitter go off facebook uh and i'm not personally on those platforms i'm only on linkedin and whatsapp primarily for my grandmother because that's how she communicates with me on this uh good morning whatsapp group um every morning there's a photo of an indian goddess that comes from her <laughs> which is quite common so you know deep work is uh, one of my favorite books and is there a sustainability related book you'd like to recommend or that you'd like to read i would highly recommend uh reading greta thunberg's uh book the climate book i think it is called and it has perspectives from some of the most respective uh the most respected climate evangelists around the world and some of them can really shake you up so i would recommend even if you don't go through whole book read the first 15 pages and the last 15 pages and flip to the center of the book and you'll get some really good advice that's great i think you've flown over 100 airlines till now so do you have a favorite yes it's actually 106 uh as I, of last count i don't count my countries but i do count my airlines um it depends on which class you're flying let's keep the carbon footprint out of the mind for now i think uh singapore airlines and qatar airways do a fantastic job of economy class uh, with their economy class so no matter where you're seated you'll have a great experience flying qatar airways they feed you so well or singapore airlines they just treat you so well i remember flying and the flight attendant kneeling down to the eye level of my daughters and speaking to them out of respect and that felt so special um i think premium economy emirates does a very good job um they make it feel like the uh, business class of yesteryears and it's really uh posh uh, i would say business class um i've had great experiences uh flying business class on turkish airlines which has a chef on board you will never forget that moment where you know at 2 a.m over the atlantic someone sprinkles um sugar powder over your souffle which is nice and warm or serves you turkish delight and it's a chef with a big chef hat um and uh still going to first class i think uh you have to you cannot miss the shower on emirates a380 first class or the Etihad apartment in the first class. I've not flown them for over a decade, but there's a shower on board. And uh, a caveat, these are just the airlines. I would say my favorite loyalty program is Air Canada's Aeroplan. They make it really friendly for the customers and not so hard to redeem miles and there're lots of partners. Um so there you go. For coming from an aviation and, geek. And can I put you on the spot and ask you how you think these experiences are likely to evolve by 2050 when airlines go net zero? Oh thank you very very good question you should have given me the list of these questions earlier shubhadeep you're doing a me on me not bad <laughs> i think uh, they're definitely going to evolve i think first class is going to be kind of empty and business class will be full of people who are taking the occasional business class trip you know perhaps once a year perhaps even fewer times uh, you are going to see lots of people taking premium economy class i feel because that's going to be the new business class where hey you know what i'm flying with the kids for my annual holiday let me see if i can fly premium economy class i'll get the baggage allowance i'll get a decent meal rather than trying to be in 64d um and i think people would not splurge on business of first instead they will splurge the splurge of worthy class will be premium economy also 
I think lots of airlines, especially low-cost airlines, will work very hard to reduce the per-seat carbon footprint for economy class passengers and flying will become more and more efficient uh, on a per carbon, uh, you know, per mile carbon footprint basis. Uh, also, I think there'll be new metrics. There'll be new uh, conscious travelers. I, I'm on the record for reducing my flying from two years ago. It was 45 flights a year to last year, 15 flights. And that was a conscious decision to reduce and just be conscious about my flying. I, I fly more nonstop, more direct. And I think I will prefer to fly airlines rather than connecting hubs uh, as much as non-stop flying as possible. Perfect, Shashank. I think we'll take this opportunity to put our head of sustainability, Doug Singer, as well in the, on the hot seat and ask him some rapid questions rapidly. Uh, okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, instead of favorite book, why don't you tell us about the most interesting sustainability-related thing that you've read in the last one year? Um, well, let me kind of turn that question its head and I'll talk about favorite you know, sustainability podcasts that sort of teach me a lot, other than this one, of course. Um, and I think um, Bloomberg's Zero podcast is, you know, is is definitely a must listen. Um, and every single week, you sort of you hear some really great insights, and not only about you know new technologies or um, you know or new companies coming up or what uh, you know what sort of uh, sometimes there's fossil fuel companies are interviewed. But for example, last week, um, the producer of Apple's extrapolations um, program was interviewed, and that was really interesting to sort of to find out how you know how this new you know, genre of what they call cli-fi. So, you know, so so climate science, science fiction sort of is evolving. And if you've not seen it, Extrapolations is the show that was on Apple TV. It's got, you know, it's got eight episodes. It starts in, in 2037, so the new future ends in 2070. And it tries to look, um, you know, every five or six years per, per episode, how the world will, will change as climate change will, you know, will, will take effect. And then we end up in 2070, where in a rather pessimistic vision, you know, we're, we're ending up at, uh, global warming at 2.6 degrees and the CEOs of major companies being taken to the Hague for ecocide. Um, so, you know, so insights like that, it, it really it really prompts me to sort of to go and find, um, you know, to find out more and to look at more sources of information. So certainly Bloomberg Zero podcast, if, you know, as well as this one is the other sustainability podcast I would recommend listening to. Perfect. And is there a technology or a sustainable aviation pathway that you'd stick your neck out for? Well, we're just about to write a report on hydrogen. Um, and having looked at it more and more, well, hydrogen is very controversial. Hydrogen has a lot of detractors um, who are very against it, you know, who point out all the flaws in terms of, you know, leakage and you know, infrastructure and the storage and the amount of renewable energy that it'll take to produce, green, to produce green hydrogen. But the more that I look at it, you know, especially if we want to decarbonize anything beyond short-haul aviation, that has to be the solution. Um, so, you know, so I'm hopeful that some of the problems around hydrogen aviation, which do exist, um, get resolved. And we do see, you know, eventually, I mean, for example, you know, there's even a Swiss company called Destinus, which is, uh, which I'm hoping that Shashank has on the show, uh, which is building or planning to build a hypersonic, not supersonic, a hypersonic aircraft powered by hydrogen, which will, you know, they say will be able to do the journey from, you know, from Europe to Australia in four and a half hours. Um, and obviously, if that were ever to see the light of day, that would be pretty transformational. So, you know, I'm not putting faith in hydrogen, but I think it's one that we all have to hope, you know, evolves and overcomes some of the problems because it does have potential. Right. I think after hearing that, it's pretty clear why Dirk is leading our sustainability efforts. 
to just close off this entire special 50th episode we want to go through some of the f- more fun aspects of producing the podcast maybe both Dirk and Shashank could chip in about some of their most surprising moments and if Shashank remembers any bloopers that happened while <laughs> recording the podcast yes i definitely remember the bloopers uh, there was once where i was having a chat with Scott Kirby the ceo of united airlines and uh, his son walked uh, uh, walked up into the background because he has he had just finished his homework so he walked up behind uh, peeping behind the glass window asking hey can can we can i can we go play dad and you know scott had to wave to him yeah i'm just finishing and that was a fun moment um uh, a surprising thing was i will not name this airline uh, it was an airline that uh, we had waited for almost 3 and a half months to try to get on i finally had the ceo of the airline I was still in Whistler so it was 4 a.m. for me I said you know what let's do this it's a uh, air- airline in the other side of the world so 4 a.m. I'm in my office ready suited up ready to record all my lights on um and we wait for the CEO and we wait for the CEO and we wait for the CEO to show up 5 minutes go past 10 minutes go past is the empty chair the entire comms team is there behind the camera waving to me shishang 5 more minutes we are checking now shishang 5 more minutes we are checking now at the end of 50 minutes they come back and say unfortunately shishang he cannot get off from the other meeting which is supposedly with the prime minister of the country so i said all right you know what we waited for so long in the end we have a recording of an empty chair for 50 minutes which is not released and that was you know one of the most surprising uh, things we did uh, after waiting for so many months so why don't we kind of round off and um Why don't you tell us if we look ahead in a year's time where would you like this podcast to be I mean what is what is the vision how are you intending to you know grow it evolve it what sort of things can we expect to see and also what sort of impact do you hope that it will have you know so if we're sitting here in August 2024 as opposed to August 2023 what would you like to say you know what would you kind of rate as success in terms of impact That's a very good question uh, I think the vision has been clear from the beginning it is to share our curiosity with the world it is to share the the thinking behind the best minds in the industry working on sustainability and make them more accessible and we've had everyone from like i said scott kirby and tony douglas uh, airline ceos to ceos of uh, new and upcoming com- uh, companies like hart aerospace and anders porcelain and uh, val miftaka from zero avia looking forward 12 months uh, we have a few big things coming we have of course uh, the book coming sustainability in the air that Dirk, you and i have been working on uh, with the team so the book comes out this year um, so do watch out for that because the book's may the book will make a lot of these conversations more accessible to people who are not necessarily listening to podcasts um, podcasts may be very popular in the us when people drive or in europe when they, they take the trains but i'm not sure if it's global enough so the book will get uh, these same insights and more in depth uh, first person interviews with multiple people in the organizations you know we've spent over a, almost a year writing this book now so the book is something that is coming up we are also going to be focusing not just on knowledge but also building a community around this knowledge uh, simplifying uh, has enabled this before first for uh, digital marketing uh, 15 years ago then during the pandemic we also fostered communities who were working on health safety measures for airlines around the world and this is simplifying 3.0 where we are going to foster communities around sustainability where i'm not just talking about a linkedin discussion group but i'm talking real life events that we will 
uh, bring to foster discussions and important conversations that we need to be having today, not in five years from now. So that maybe brings me on to kind of one follow-up final question is that, you know, a year or two ago, you were a podcast novice. Now, you know, you've done, you know, you've done 50 of these, uh, which means that you are, you know, obviously have learned a lot along the way. For someone wanting to do this for the first time, what are the main learnings? What is the main piece of advice you would, you would say? Like if, you, if, you're, if you're starting this from scratch, like I want my own podcast, what do I need to do? No, what should I do? Uh, fantastic question. One, get a good mic. I did not initially. So I've learned that the hard way I got feedback. Uh, I walked into an airline CEO's office and the first thing he gave me was, Shashang, I have a gift for you. And he gives me a mic. And that was kind of, you know, <clears throat> that, that, that really hurt. But uh, get a good mic. Second, get a good team. Don't try to do everything yourself. As we have seen here um, for Simplifying, it's a global effort. We've got a global team with multiple talents. Ayushi works on the articles. Um, you know, Baiba has been doing so much of the distribution and, and the project management. Likia helps with the design. Dirk, you've been there right by my side with all the uh, questions. Shubhadeep, of course, asks all the tough questions, including on this podcast, which I had not been shown earlier. Uh, so get a team, get a crack team to work on it. And Uri, of course, let's not forget Uri, who's a fantastic podcast producer, uh, who's been there uh, through thick and thin. So work with the team. Don't try to do everything yourself. And finally... Don't try to be perfect. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say all of my interviews have been perfect. I've just tried to stay stay curious, and I think the imperfection builds trust. Perfection erodes trust. So you know, I, I think we've managed to get some good guests who are open. Uh, and finally, make sure you don't put your guest on a on a spot. Uh, where they regret saying something. So always be open. That's something I always tell my guests. You can say whatever you want. We will, if you feel uncomfortable about having said something, we, we are happy to edit it out. For the record, till date, we've only received one email till date where a guest uh, was a bit unhappy about something that was said. And, you know, we, we managed to work it out. So um, there you go. Those are my tips for anyone starting out today. Awesome. Well, hopefully that'll inspire many more people to sort of start their own podcasts and to do many things that uh, that that you've done through sustainability in the air. As, absolutely. Go start new podcasts as long as they're not in sustainable aviation, because this will remain the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Make your podcast about something else. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, once again, thank you, everyone, um, to, to the entire Simplifying team for joining me live here from the boat pod to Sophie, who's sitting in the other room mixing and ensuring uh, that we are doing this well uh, to Uri uh, Toth who has been producing this to all the listeners for all your comments for reviews uh, on Apple Podcasts by the way if you have not yet left us a review please do so uh, because it really matters to the team um, we love to read your reviews on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts wherever you uh, read them if someone uh, you know does not like reading books about, uh, about sustainability send them this podcast they might enjoy listening to it and at least uh, refresh their view. And if you work within the airline industry, please go do listen to some of the episodes that the team here mentioned today, because it might just give you a new perspective. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainability in the Air. Aviation is one of the hardest to decarbonize industries, yet there are multiple paths to get to net zero. Awareness is key to a green future. So please give us your support to help our sustainable aviation insights reach a wider audience. You can do this by sharing this episode on your network on LinkedIn, Twitter, 
or even WhatsApp. Or perhaps you might consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this episode. You can start a conversation with us by writing to us at podcast at simplifying, that's simply with an I, dot com. And for more content on sustainable aviation, please visit our website, green.simplifying.com and join the movement. Sustainability in the Air is an original podcast by Simplifying. The show is produced by Uri Toth in Slovakia. Dirk Singer is our Director of Sustainability who leads research for each interviewee out of Greenwich, UK. Shubhadeep Pau is our supervising editor based out of Mumbai and Singapore. The articles are written by Ayushi Badola in Dehradun in India and Mira Hull in Montreal, Quebec. Creative design is led by Lihia Esteve in Montreal. Baiba Dreamen is the project director for the show based out of Valencia, Spain. Special thanks to Wendy Sim in Singapore. And I'm Shashank Nigam the CEO of Simplifying and your host. Please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn.